Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. channel i'm stacy june and i'm christy mercer and welcome to the channel where you are going to be catching different shows dropping across different days yes hello we have an interview up today with jamila ritzvi uh, which we're very excited for you to hear um thank you for all your lovely messages from our catch-up episode this week uh it was a very interesting thing for me to share and i don't think i'm still I don't know. I'm still processing, sharing it to the world, sharing it to myself. Um, but I really appreciate everybody that has listened to it and made contact. Um, if you missed it, we will chuck a link in show notes or you can check it out. It was literally yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, I think um, I think it's so – I know the word like brave is like bandied around a lot, especially in a, in a place where everyone on social media seems to be like sharing the hard parts of their life. But I just – again, I just – as your mate, I'm just constantly astounded by your courage and your bravery, and I think it's, um, I think it's mega important what you've done and decided to to share. Thank you. I think the sharing part isn't um, what felt the bravest. It's the way I delved into it. I did feel very brave with the way I approached and dealt with my emotions and and that time, and also brave with the way I protected it for a while which for me is very different because, you know, we share so much and Mother's Day was the most horrific day I think I've ever had in my life. And I went to share, I wrote a post, you know, because that's what I do. And I really had to not distract myself from the emotion and go, no, sharing's going to put it out there and then you're going to be distracted by all the people that have been affected by mm. it or that you, you're doing this for them. And I was because I felt very alone and I thought there's got to be other people out there feeling like this. And I pulled back and that was brave for me to really just sit in the emotion and the hard hard parts, the dark parts of of that time on my own mm. and with my partner. Mm. Sometimes you look for online to kind of hide oh, totally. things. So Yeah, and you've protect you you have. You've yeah. pro- you've protected that over the last so, few yeah. months. Thanks for saying when- so. But it felt like more the less sharing I did has felt the the bravery was in that, I think, for me. Yeah, totally. Because I think I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird life when things so horrific like that happen to you. Yeah, we're just I don't know, so conditioned now, and it, it is our lives and our jobs and uh, the way that we've kind of built our lives to go. To, it's second nature to go share. I think a lot of people like that now. Yeah. If you have missed it, yesterday I shared the story about falling pregnant this year, and then. Um, 
for shortly after miscarrying. Uh, so this week is all about the Thinker Girls' attempt at talking about motherhood for the very first time, really, that mm-hmm. it's affected one of us, which is yeah. pretty epic to say out loud. And it's going to continue to affect us as I try for a family with my partner and um, and we talk about it the way the way that we always have, which is just kind of the blind leading the blind, having a crack. Mm. So you can listen to that episode. Uh, we'll put it in show notes. But today uh, it's fitting. Jamila has written a book um, called The Motherhood. It is a curated um, collection of essays, I suppose, from Australian women that sh- that share what they wish they'd known about life with a newborn. Well, so- th- the reason that she did that is because she said, I just felt so alone having my first baby Mm. surely if I'm feeling like this other people are and that's essentially what the whole book is about other women sharing their experiences of how dark and lonely and isolating it can be obviously and also how different it can be too you know what for every single woman you you know maybe you're told that it's going to be the first you know three months is going to be dark and a hellhole and maybe it won't be for you maybe maybe there'll be different experiences and maybe well, it is, and it yeah. is from your the first mm. the first second of that you find out you're pregnant. Every part of that's different. Every part of my falling pregnant has been different to anybody I know. So from the second you even think about falling pregnant, it is a unique experience to you. So there's so many different journeys, which is why I think often women do feel alone because you're right, they are all so different. Mm. But what we do have collectively is that they are different and they are all hard and isolating at times. So mm. we talk talk to her about that we talk about how she um how she was affected from her, her sense of self and her career and I share what what I felt in the in the times leading up to announcing my pregnancy but anyway let's get into the chat um we hope you enjoy it we would really love to hear what your thoughts are about I guess a new chapter for us um there's a whole mm. different I suppose energy that's gone into this week's shows because um yeah, life is changing and when you start talking about making life and not ma- it just seems to – it's like I don't know about you but for me it starts to really have put things into perspective Yeah, because it's like literally you experience the birth or the – and in my experience life and death within two or three months. It's, it's just – big stuff i think it goes Not that i'm saying any of the stuff we haven't done no 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 big, but, but i think it does new. it's elevated it's neck level mm. and even as somebody i think you get that sense me sitting on the on the other side of this table too you get that sense and i think listening to it you'll get that sense too i think it's a really beautiful thing um to be able to still have these conversations and although they as you say feel like they're elevated and new that it's also the same in yeah. that inquisitive yeah like in that oh okay so now you're trying for a family you have to be this person that pretend like that you know everything you don't and you still kind of mates and still I am like where's the line what questions do I ask how do I be there just like everything else we've been there through each other for this is a I don't know a lot yeah it's more it does but there's still those same questions of well how the do we yeah, no get one, through this? You no know? one's getting a lobotomy. So we hope you enjoy this week. Um, we hope you enjoy the chat with Jamila. And as usual, we'd love for you to rate our show. We'd love you to leave a review and, and contact us um, on Instagram at any point uh, or contact me personally if you've got a story that you felt, you know, you felt like over the last couple of days you've related to some stuff. Um, I'm ready to kind of have a conversation about this part of my life and um, and I know how it can feel. So, yeah, all lines are open, but we hope you enjoy the chat. 
Jamila Ritzvi, welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. We've been at this podcast for quite some time. Six clock, six years, coming up close to seven, mm-hmm. and. For a very long time, there have been really interesting, intelligent conversations that you've been having um, that we've been massive fans of, Stace in particular. So it's pretty surreal that you're having a chinwag with us on the channel here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. It was around the Mamma Meat, wasn't it? Because it felt like there was only a certain few voices mm. that were around. Yours For being chicks. one of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel that that's changed from when you kind of moved out of, of politics and then started moving into media? Have you? Do you feel an energy of shift? Because I know there is one, but I don't really feel one a lot of the time. Yeah. How, how do you approach yeah. that? The big change for me in the last few years has been a decision to not work for one mm, person or one yeah. company. So basically not put all my eggs in one basket. I moved from working a whole lot more than full time for one website to now doing Uh, my columns go with someone my podcasts go with someone else I do some radio I do some television I write my books um, I run an event series with my mate Claire so I kind of like when one thing falls over (laughs) or one thing becomes a massive disappointment or something doesn't work out there's always backup options and on that it's interesting you have written a book called the motherhood where a group of australian women that you've curated have shared what they wish they'd known about life with a newborn the interesting part about this book and these particular stories are they've not been told even though there's this real influx and kind of real big conversation commercially about a form of motherhood but this particular book has touched on things that I feel like people haven't consumed before why do you think that is when I feel like in some ways we feel like we've been completely um just kind of dominated with that being the big story about what women's lives are but yet these stories that you've so kind of delicately put together seem very new and very refreshing oh well I really appreciate that first thing but I think the big difference is my perception is that the way the media and the way conversations are shaped around motherhood at the moment in Australia and I think across um, uh, the developed world is very much a dichotomy. So there are two options. We either talk about motherhood in that Hallmark card version, oh, the overwhelming love, smell the squishy baby scent, blah, blah, blah space uh, with all the flowers. Um, That's option one. And your mum's your best friend and With you go shopping together yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. this relationship that's all perfect <laughs> and yeah. Love that, yeah. All the flowers and the Instagram filters, that's option one. Option two is the I'm honest about motherhood mumming, which is the kind mm. of like, oh, I'm so mm. tired and the kids the are struggle. so rubbish and yeah. I locked myself yeah. in the toilet just to get away from them. The, the, the struggle town, right? And yeah. I, I think what I tried to do with this book was say actually there's more than two boxes And I move between all the boxes depending on the day or the hour or even the minute. So sometimes Mm. I do have that overwhelming love feeling. I actually have it more than sometimes. Sure, I'm never going to buy one of those Hallmark cards and I'm never going to be one of those beautiful Instagram mums, but I do have that, that feeling of uncontrollable, overwhelming love for my kid sometimes. And then sometimes I am locked in the bathroom going, holy hell, what have I done? You are the most annoying person on the planet. And then I have the full gamut of emotions in between. You know, one of the things that that used to frustrate me in the, still frustrates me about motherhood is that before you have kids, people tell you about that overwhelming love and they tell you about how hard it's going to be. 
and they miss all the other stuff. They don't tell you about the other stuff. Like no one tells you that motherhood is really, really funny. Like I laugh more, mm. my husband and I laugh mm. more together than we ever did before we had our kid because he's hysterical and nobody <laughs> tells you that bit. No one says you're going to have a great rollicking fun time and you get to be silly and stupid and, you know, pretend that people are farting and play Sailor Moon and do all these things you didn't do since you were <laughs> five play. years old. You get to do that yeah. again and apparently it's legitimate because it's parenting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the best. And what Bet I wanted Christ, because to do in this feel, book yeah. was to just show people... I suppose, the full gamut of motherhood in its sort of... I, t- I, I didn't want to ask each author to write a piece that was only one mood or one tone or one note. I wanted them to explore or one, or the one intricacies person. of motherhood. Mm. Mm, I, think, per, you know, I think that can person, be... Yeah, because that's right. the interesting thing about, I think, any kind of journey with motherhood as I start to dip my toe in as well, I think... Um, it is so unique, mm. like, you know, and so it's it's such a great kind of idea that you have a collective of all these different people as well because I think often sometimes you might not have that experience in someone else's but you've got 20 authors, there's a good chance you're relating to something. That's right. That but speaking, speaking of the book, Jamila, like um, it, it was in the first six weeks of you first having your son, right, that you got sent a letter from your mate and was that kind of the catalyst and the inspiration behind this book? Can you tell us a bit about that story? Yeah, Poetic, doesn't um, it? <laughs> sending a makes it sound so old school, like we were in Pride and Prejudice, writing like, <laughs> you know, women. writing in white and dressing to a sunlit yeah, you know, drawing room. Um, it was actually, <laughs> it was actually a text, uh, but it was one of those, you know, those epic texts that goes into another screen. It's so long. Oh, yeah, the letter text, the letter text. And you have to scroll. When you scroll a text, you know it's epic. Yeah, I think I, I think my son was about five weeks old, and I which is uh, challenging. Had, I was kind of the first one in my gang of friends to have a kid, um, so I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. Um, but my mate, my mate Claire Bowditch, who's a, also a performer, so your listeners might know her. She um, is a little bit older than me, but a very good friend. So she came over around. I think Ruffy was about four weeks and she came over with her twin boys who were not eight or nine at the time. And I remember she, she sat them down and was like, be delighted by Jamila's newborn. And I was like, no eight-year-old boy on the planet is delighted by a newborn, but sure. Um, and she cleaned the house and then she walked out and when she left, she sent me this epic text. And the text, it, it had a whole lot in it, but it was the first time I felt genuinely reassured. She described mm. the sleep that I was going oh, to have again. I know. I like feel you. Like a pornographic I'm, way. Like I remember reading it. And just being like, oh, what, what, that, what that looked like for you at that point. Indeed, it was. It was. It was glorious fantasy. And uh, she also, she also said what I think we really struggle to say to one another um, when we're new parents, yeah. which was, "It's okay if you don't love the baby yet." And I remember reading that and going, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, because I, 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 it was, I wasn't at the extreme end of the spectrum. I wasn't experiencing uh, serious mental health issues or anything like that. I was connected to that baby. I was into that baby. I really liked the baby, but I didn't feel the overwhelming love that mm. everyone had promised mm. me. And that was really panicking me. Um, and I didn't know when that was going to come or how it was going to come or if it was going to come and Claire's words were just so reassuring 
and so helpful that I remember calling her the day that I did feel that first like surge of love where you just go, oh my God, you are the best <laughs> thing ever. And I was like, I've got it, I've got it. I like, I, I'm totally into the baby now. <laughs> just took, took me a bit longer. How long did it take you? Like, because obviously you, you recognise the very moment. How, lo- how old was your baby by that point? I think he was, it was actually not long after yeah. that. He was almost six weeks and it was definitely the first time that he smiled and it was categorically a smile at me rather than a poo. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the passing okay. wind look versus yeah, right. that I got you, girl. I know who you are. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. But Jamila, it is interesting you say that six-week term and as someone that I've, I don't have kids, I haven't been pregnant, so I don't know. But I do hear of the mates that have, you know, have had kids. It's almost like that dreaded six-week. And I, I'm intrigued as to A, why it is six weeks and B, what, like how, how dark and hard that period is. Because you hear a lot about first-time mums in particular. Of you've just got to get through. You've just got to get through. Why is it? Why is it the six week mark? Would you call and would you call it dark? Yeah, I, I, it was dark for me. I think it's different for everyone. And one of the things I discovered putting this book together was just how different it was for everyone. Yeah. There were letters I read that I totally related to, and there were letters I read where I was like, "Did we do the same?" thing no okay sure um like just completely different reactions to uh, that experience of giving birth and um looking after a baby for the first six weeks and for me I am someone who's always defined myself by my work and I worked up until the day before my little boy was born and I hadn't really thought about what would happen once you brought a baby home from hospital (laughs) I think it's too scary um, sometimes. Like your body's changing so much, there's enough for you to take on board. Like it's so understandable. I think from a person that's not thinking about having a family and you go, how could you possibly not think about that? You're having a baby, right? But there's so many changes that's happening to you as you go, so many appointments. It would be so so easy to not think about that, funnily enough. Yeah. And I think um, I, I I certainly got an amazing shock and I think the big thing for me was a real loss of self. Mm. Like I, I, because I defined myself so much by my work and then suddenly I wasn't working. Mm. I was kind of like, well, wh- wh- what's the point of me? Mm. Um, I? And I wasn't covering myself in glory in the motherhood business. I, I just felt like I was a bit rubbish at it. And I, you know, a lot of women talk about feeling like they're failing and how can I do better? I didn't feel like that. I just was like, hmm, I'm not very good at this. I would prefer to be doing something I'm good at. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't beating That's myself so up about well. it. I just wanted my old life yeah. back. I just, I just wanted to go and back And have again. control over the kinds of things that you know you're good at as yes. well and, and harness those skills. But was that in itself like a massive less, life lesson to you for you to be able to learn about yourself? Like, Because it's interesting. We've spoken a fair bit with Jan Fran and a few other people on this podcast about defining yourself by your work and how that can be like a bit of a, yeah. a slippery slope if things come and go or change or whatever. Was that like a bit of a, a lesson that you look back on now and you're like, oh, thank fuck, that was a good, good thing to learn because I am – I am not more. Yeah, yeah, I am not my work. I am more. Yeah. I think I, I think at the time I didn't appreciate the lesson, but I do think having a child obviously having a child changes you. I don't think it changes everyone in the same way. Um, but I think it changes you the way any major life event changes a person. And uh, for me, I think it softened some of my harder edges. Mm, a lot of people say that. I That's think nice. I became a little bit more empathetic. And that's, I think I really needed that. (laughs) You know, I was someone who was very unforgiving. Um, I'm probably still someone who's very unforgiving, but slightly better than I was. (laughs) It's so refreshing. Um, That's such an unlikable and inverted commas trait in a woman, isn't it? It's like, it's just, it's also, you're called straight. Like it's, Mm. you know, it's just such a, it's so nice to have other people hear that that's something that you can laugh at because I feel like we're mm. often told when we are that that it's it's just the most horrific thing you can be. It's bullshit. Yeah, and I, I think it does, I don't know, I think it's an incredibly transforming experience those, those first few months. Um, but it's weird because often you don't sit and kind of think about it. In the, Like I've been quite unwell lately and during that period um, I, I definitely changed the way I look at the world and the way I think about things, not in some great evolved, you know, like I have seen the face of God kind of way, just I, I, I did change the way I kind of looked at the world, but it feels very compartmentalized. Mm. Whereas when you have a child, you don't really document it in that kind of compartmentalized way. Cause I mean, the child's still there. Like, it's not like I've, I've done parenting and I've learned how to do that now. Like I'm still rubbish at it every day. And every day I'm having this uh, evolving relationship with this kid um, that keeps changing me the way a relationship changes mm. forever. So I, I think often we, we find it hard to put the words around it. But for some reason, that, that first six weeks or those first three months, they, they talk about a, a human baby is at the first three months of their life is like the fourth trimester of pregnancy. Mm. Like they're, they're yeah, almost right. not ready to be in the world yeah. yet. So they really Which, should, terrifying. as a yeah, species, scary. probably so still scary. be inside you. Yeah. Like they're, they're rubbish at everything. <laughs> and so utterly dependent on you that I think there's an element of shock that goes along mm. with that because you are 100% of their world the same way you were when they were on the inside, except now you have to actually do things that require your brain to think through what you need to do as opposed to your body just knowing what it's doing on its own. Before you had bubs, um, I have been pregnant this year but unfortunately miscarried um, and it was... Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, mate. it's been a tough time and I, I've only just... We just spoke about it on this show like a couple of days ago so you can go back and listen to the catch-up. It's the first time I've shared this story. Yeah. But um, leading into it from a career perspective, very much identify with um, the definition around who I am. Um, that kind of was gone when we were brutally fired from our radio show. So that went. But then when you fall pregnant... Um, I think all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I had this kind of fog where 
I just dad it was it was taking up a lot of my brain space of being pregnant and it was very new for me because I'm quite clear and strategic and all this and I was like my god I'm so scared of I understand how all of a sudden because we speak so much about ourselves on this show and my content has been so driven by personal stories it's like am I going to become only now thinking about this stuff therefore is my work only going to become about being a mum did you have those similar fears because obviously you share some of your life um and you know and you kind of dabble in and out of that how were you going to approach becoming a mum or did you have a bit of an idea of what you'd like to do and how that would affect your content and your career no (laughs) no way (laughs) you sound like you were better at thinking about things <laughs> like the future well, it's than very, I was. It's very, I, very planned. I think it's different for us because we have to go a yeah. different path. So it was very, very planned. I don't, it wasn't the case for you, right? No, absolutely yeah. not. I I got uh, pregnant on the yeah, pill. Right. Gosh, um, I'm right. sorry. What? Yes, yes. Take your contraception, ladies. <laughs> Do not miss a single day. Yeah. Um, so you got pregnant on the pill with that um, because there was some days skipped or bit like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or I, I'm. Well, we're pretty yeah. sure what happened was we we got engaged when we were in the states and we got straight on a plane to Australia. And I'm pretty sure I didn't take the pill oh, on the oh, plane. Shit. And the I jet lag, the time that. difference. Yeah. I never stuff. think about that. Like I was just Holy yeah. Yeah. Molly. <laughs> no. Right. So of course you weren't thinking. Be vigilant. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't have. Uh, yeah. Maybe the the time or the breadth or the space to plan and think about how it would change you, which maybe in a way I don't know. There's not a right or well, wrong so, way to go about it. Yeah. So it. what was the journey for you then? I mean, I don't know. I still had I still had nine yeah, months. Or yeah, well, true. I didn't quite have nine months, but I had like seven months. So it's quite a while. I I think I what I did plan was I planned for what my business what the business was going to do in my absence. Oh, I was right, so focused on my work to, the, yeah. that I was like, okay, what do I need to put in place that means I can disappear for three months and everything's going to be fine? And I worked obsessively for seven months setting up the business I was in to be able to operate without me. Right. That was that was my focus. And I think I focused on that possibly to the detriment of like getting ready for the baby I remember it, I think it was around the seven or eighth month mark month mark when I was like she we should buy some stuff it's insane how much money walking into Jenea which is a fertility center it is literally like the future because they have that much cash mm. because you do, yeah. you either really want a baby a lot of people happen to want children and can't fall pregnant naturally and you want to also make sure that baby is safe and the most loved thing you ever have so if there's ever going to be anything you're spending cash on, mm, it's those that. things. I've never understood how much of a business is yeah, behind it. Yeah. It's terrifying. You're super vulnerable. Yeah. It's the time to target someone. Um, I loved the quote uh, and this is taken from one of the articles which I I, I suppose, um, I don't know, I just love and, I, and it's hard to not love a lot of the things that um, Clementine Ford does. But she writes, I've always been fond of small wrinkled humans, but I realize now that it was in a temporary and superficial sort of way. I like babies in the way that you like a novelty tattoo or a bikini wax. And it's it's so <laughs> funny and so interesting because I think we all lead into that going, oh, this is the way that it's going to be. And then you're like, oh, hell no this is not mm. what that picture looked like. And we do that, I think, a lot in life. Let's paint, paint this picture for ourselves and then the universe, what's that saying? You know, make plans and then God shits all over them. I'm yeah. sure it's, <laughs> it's like something like that. But for you, what was the biggest, what was the biggest 
difference between reality versus picture, the picture you'd painted? Oh, oh um, what was the biggest difference? I think the biggest shock I got was how angry I would feel at my own circumstance that couldn't be changed. Because one of the things I did plan for is that I write a lot and speak a lot about feminism. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I actually was prepared on for was that I, my husband and I had had lots of discussions about how we would raise this child equally and how we would catch ourselves if we fell into kind of gender patterns where I was doing the bulk of it. Yeah. And then mm. I had this little baby and the reality of this little baby only wanting the person he'd lived inside mm. for nine months and only wanting the person who was producing the totality of his food. And my husband went back to work very, very quickly because he knew he'd be going um, part-time very soon. So he went back to full-time for, I think, about four days after our little boy was born. Wow. And we don't sort of have family or anything in the state. And mm. I was really lonely and I developed a level of rage that ended up being taken out on my poor husband, Jeremy, which is, you know, hard for him. Hey, Jeremy. Um, but don't feel too bad for him. Hey, um, What's up? <laughs> he's, he's, quite, he's, he's a put-upon man. And, um, but really, it was a rage at, at the system. It was a rage, mm. like, I, I just was so angry. I was so angry that I thought that I could do this in a way that was fair and that was equal. I was angry that it was all on me. I was angry that I felt dumber because I had so little sleep. Oh. I felt like I wasn't, uh, you know, it, like I wasn't thinking at my usual rate. I wasn't, you know, um, effective in the way I usually am. I felt sort of helpless and useless. And I remember Jeremy would come home from work and if he'd be like, five minutes late or he'd miss the usual tram and be in the door you know 12 minutes later than normal I would be at the trans tram stop with Ruffy oh being God. like where were you you left me alone for 12 minutes longer than you said you would and I remember like all of this not so passive but just plain aggressive behavior from me for several months before it just all came out in this giant yelling thing and I remember Jeremy sat there and said but, but babe, that is a combination of the patriarchy and biology. And as yeah. hard as I try, I can't actually can't. solve that myself. It's and so, then I just yelled more. Oh, and what so he said hard. was absolutely true, but I was yeah. so mad. It's, it is. And I think for me, it was biology. My partner is the one that we have fertility hurdles with, not me. And everybody assumes it's you yeah. because you're the body and you're the mum. Mm. It's like fertility problems is automatically the woman, the woman's problem. You don't even think about what the, what's going on on the other, the other form. Oh, sorry, the other partner. And the interesting part I think as well was it made it even worse that. And I know this sounds really fucked up. And Go I haven't on. said anything. Like you this just before, heard Jamila say she's going yeah. down to the tram stop with her kid. You know, but I, I think um, <laughs> because he was the one, and it's awful because my partner was very sick. He had cancer, so there's a reason that his sperm is frozen. But I was like, he's the one that was fucking sick. He's the one whose sperm is frozen, and here I am in this place getting these injections, getting this, and he you know, these to. blood tests, yeah. and he doesn't even have to be here. He doesn't even have to be here. And it is really confronting to realise that something that you do want but is also 
really from a biology perspective completely on Mm. your shoulders Mm. and I'm lucky that he was at a lot of the appointments and we did share a lot of the load but at the end of the day there's only so much sometimes that they can do yeah particularly during that physical time during pregnancy where it's kind of got to be you and during those early months where if you're feeding it's also kind of got to be you Um, And there's not really a lot of choice. And I think, you know, if there's anything I've learned, and I am by no means someone anyone should look to for parenting advice, but if there is one (laughs) thing that I've I've learned that we seem to have managed fairly effectively is not letting yourself fall into that pattern forever, is recognising that that is about those early There's months a period where of time. you pretty much don't have an alternative but how did you get out of period, it how did you get out of that though like because oh, obviously you know because <laughs> granted I'm with you I'm like yeah this is bullshit and Jeremy at, at the very least should cop a little bit of this you know like yeah which is not right or not true but then but then I mean did you have to work together openly to be like okay I've been mad and well, he's I think, like You've I think been and mad. I think the first the first step is to find a good partner true good lord you want someone that is very open to that concept because they are out there but they're not everywhere that's true because one of my one of my few mates that has had a baby said i am so jealous of him going off to work but would never be able to voice that to him yeah that's oh i told him um (laughs) i remember saying you get to leave this house every day for eight hours Um, but we I think you've, what what I definitely learned through, through that period and am still learning is it's not something you do once. It is so easy to fall back into very gendered um, uh, division of labour when it, when it comes to how you distribute your household mm. labour without a child, let alone with a child. Mm. And so it's a conversation you have to keep having as mm. a kid grows up and as their needs change and as um, both parents' needs change. Regardless of gender, both parents should be sharing that load as best they can, recognising that at times one of you has to do a bit more and then at other times the other one has to do a bit more. But I, I've really recognised that we have to keep having those conversations. It's a constant slash arguments. Mm. Yeah. And they otherwise you just fall, you fall into the norm and the norm is um, a heterosexual couple where mum does the bulk of the parenting. And I've watched so many people I know fall into that pattern and be unhappy. Both of mm. them be unhappy yeah, with it. True. Um, yeah. Whereas we have kept checking in. And we, we had a period where we were both working four days a week and we'd have Ruffy in childcare three days and we'd each do a day at home. And I think that was possibly the best distribution we ever had. And I'd, I'd love for us to get get back to that for various mm. reasons. We, we've moved away from it. But um, for us, that was the best fit for, for a really good period of time and it was a really nice fit. Yeah, and mm. it would be different for everybody. And it, at different yeah. times too, yeah. Yeah, there mm. would be different amounts that you'd want to be kind of there and not. Really. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like the, the, last, the last six months my husband has done the vast majority of the parenting. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably been on him to a 70 to 75% kind of loading whereas now we're kind of pushing back to 50 50 and hey we might go the other way for a while and and I think it's okay it's it's okay to move away from equilibrium but be conscious that it's happening and I think that being conscious is what's really key yeah and I think sometimes also being able to kind of swing because it's not always forever sometimes Mm. well I know it's not always going to be 50 50 because life as I assume with a child is is not it's and working Mm. is never going to be able to be that 
even Stevens. That's just also in relationships, oh, yeah. not just parenting. And be willing yeah. to to have the argument, like yeah. you know, like I, I'm not I'm making my husband and I sound like we just spend our entirety of our lives yelling at each other. We don't, but we are willing. For example, on a day when we wake up and Ruffy's sick, there is always a face off where we look at one another and then we yeah. argue about who has the more important day. Yeah, it's mm. hard. Yeah. And that's hard. You know, because I would always like, have it. It doesn't matter if well, I was that's, walking along the beach. And that's how beach. I feel. Except, yeah. like, my husband's a lawyer, right? And he'll be, and I'll yeah. be, I'll be like, I am on live television in two hours, and he'll be like, someone's going to jail if I don't show up for work. And you just like it gets it gets competitive. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts, you know. I love that. I mean, if there's ever any reason to be more ambitious, it's to win that argument. No shit. Exactly. <laughs> Um, sick kids no thanks <laughs> the motherhood edited by Jamila Ritzvi some of the um, contributors are quite incredible Rebecca Sparrow Zoe Foster Blake uh, Jessica Rudd just to name a few Emma Shiano uh, Katie Monty a mate of ours um, there's just so many so so many and Claire Bowditch as you, you mentioned a good friend of yours um, you can find that it's also available on ebook and audiobook if you're interested in Jamila we do have a really um, a, a really quick question from one of our posse members if you've still got time to quickly answer that um, we will do that on the show tomorrow so stick around it's been such a lovely fucking wide like mm, my eyes are wide open yeah. chat as someone that wants to dive in it's it's just so refreshing i hate that word sometimes yeah, but, but it, it is it's, it's a, a word for a yeah, reason does. yeah right you know, it's like stereotypes some exist for a reason i get it thank you so much for your time thanks for having me you can now uh, find more info about jamila follow everything that she's up to on instagram or facebook jamila ritzvi r i z v i is uh, where you can find her or um at her website jamila ritzvi.com.au good one Did you know that Christy and I are regulars on Sunrise? Yeah, girl, it's the best. And we bring you guys along with us, our posse, every single week just by joining our Insta story. Yes, from the taxi ride there to the makeup chair and selfies with other amazing, talented Sunrise guests, we share it all. Yeah, make sure you head to the Thinker Girls on Insta and check out the updates every single Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll catch you there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 